I get the lift pulls up. There's a lady with a pram and a little kid, and I get in the lift, and the lady looks like there's something terribly wrong, and she looked like embarrassed and and red, and and I turn around, and every freaking button was oh, lit no. up on the elevator. Aye, no. so the little kid had pushed all the buttons, and to top it off, like the next floor down, oh. they all get out, and now. So I have to do the, the, the elevator ride of shame with every single button. James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Listeners, welcome back to the Freedom Ocean. Here we are. Here we are. Tim, are we still friends? Yep. We are bosom Buddies. Someone asked me that. I said, are you, you and Tim still friends? Yes, we're friends. We're oh, fantastic. That's but, such a, that's a schoolyard question. <laughs> well, I was looking at sort of the uh, the run on the episodes and we had um, December, December, January, February, March, and uh, and we kind of skipped April, so we're into May now. It'd be good to get back to monthly at least, I think. Yeah, I hate podcasters talking about their shows, but I'm going to, so I'm going to quickly get rid of this conversation. Suffice to say that going forward, I officially announce that we are going to adopt a faulty towers strategy, which is one of scarcity. Uh, in fact, faulty towers only did they make thirteen episodes, and that was it. Is that all? Because it seems like yeah. far far more prolific. Yeah. Yeah, well, it does. I'm pretty sure it's. I know some one of our listeners will tell us Jimmy James, but um, it was it was a small number of episodes. I'm not suggesting we're going to just stop at a certain number, but we're just going to go sort of ad hoc when we feel the need, when we feel the ocean drawing us in. This is an interesting conversation because there are people banging their chest about daily podcasts. Oh, uh, they're the t- they're the tough guys. The tough guys. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Some claim to invent it when they didn't. We know yeah. that. Anyway, right. I often wondered, and I actually asked Andrew Warner that, uh, this question from Mixergy about can you have too much frequency? And I think I sort of ramped up the needle a bit on my own podcast a fair bit last year, maybe a year, maybe even two years ago. I really pushed hard in the beginning, and I've tailed back mm-hmm. to a, a nice level, but I can tell you some interesting stats. Here we go. Whenever we publish Freedom Ocean – it gets about the most downloads of any of the podcast shows that I do. There's a lot of love in the ocean, Jimmy James. There is a lot of love. The, the ocean mm-hmm. runs deep with our fan base. So the lack of frequency is noted. It, it's like a bottle of Grange. <laughs> it's getting that maturity about it. Uh, I do also, on the flip side of that, my other podcasts, some of them get a fairly good download rate but obviously the frequency just makes makes them far more um, audienced or, or the listenership's mm. expanded significantly. So I think yep. there's somewhere a nice balance. There is, and I, there, is a, there is no direct answer to this whole frequency question in marketing, not just podcasting, but it's like email frequency. It's like how many times do you run an ad if you were an advertiser and, you know, for you know my kind of – I cut my teeth on – making TV commercials for global brands all those years ago and, God, you know, you'd make one ad and it'd run two, three, four hundred times um, because you kind of had to drill it into people and you never know, you never knew when they were ready to buy. There's um, email marketers. Um, what's that copywriter bloke that you and I get a bit of a laugh from? Um, Who, John Carlton? No, no. Um, 
he now goes into a folder of mine. He puts an email out a day. He's got a weird name. Ben Settle? No. Come on, he's an English guy, old English guy. Oh, Drayton Bird. Drayton Bird. I mean, he's oh, man. He <laughs> sprays it up on Twitter every day. Sprays it. Like these, he just he's just got a big gun and he pops it up against imbeciles, the wall. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a funny old guy. Yeah. I, I still hang around with copywriters. So I was speaking to one yesterday. Uh, actually, he sent through the uh, survey that I sent to new members of my mastermind, and at the end of it, I asked this one question, and it's, "What is it that you've learned after going through this survey?" And he said, I've just realized that I'm <laughs> well, now obviously we had to bleep that out there. And then he goes on to say, nah. no, seriously, I think I'm going to be your best case study ever. But they have such a dry humor and they go for the, they say the thing that other mm. people won't say sometimes. And a lot of them come through arty fields like comedy, especially I've noticed uh, there's a, there's a big tie in, but they, they really go in, in strange places because mm. it's all about the story. How's your ADD going, James? We were just talking about frequency and you've just taken me down a path of copywriting. No, I've, I've looped it right back here. Okay, here we go. Loop. About stories and email frequency. Yep. For the last month, I've been experimenting. You'll recall on episode 72, we were talking about mm. stories. And we also got a nice shout out from Valerie Koo on Twitter. Ah, so, the Koo girl. So, uh, Hello, Valerie. Uh, the cougar. Yeah. I wonder so, if everyone's there. I don't know. We might have oh, sorry, Valerie. You're going to hear that and it's just wrong. That's so Melbourne of you. you. I love uh, you, Valerie. Valerie. There's a great song it's by like Quarterflash. Hey, it's A, Valerie. Oh, whatever. Val. whatever. There's a song by Quarterflash in about 1982 called Valerie. I love that song. can still okay. see the album cover. So who's off tangent now? Yeah. I was sending out emails less often for the last month or so and I was putting a little more story into them. And then I posted a question about this to my community and I said, what do you think of the stories? And some of them said, oh, they're terrible. I can't stand them. I'm unsubscribed. <laughs> and other ones are like, I love them. They're amazing. I just love getting insights into your world. And then there's some like, well, you know, they're good sometimes but not all the time. So Can't please everyone, James. You can't. But, I mean, I, I put it out to my broader I mean, these are paying customers, so I do pay attention to what they say, and I learned something from it. And here's what it comes back to. In terms of frequency, you might get a bigger yield off a slower harvest. However, usually when I add it up, a little higher frequency with a slightly less yield often gets a much bigger crop overall. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. what I've found with emails, with podcast downloads, to go for a a fairly good effort more often usually gets a much bigger result than an amazing effort very infrequently. Well, and I think it's about quality. You know, it's I think being prolific is relatively easy. Being prolific and offering high quality is really hard. Yeah, that's and, like that, that we've talked about Seth Godin occasionally. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like he puts something out every day, but yeah, a lot of it's dribble and some of it's genius. And I think – Hello, Seth. Hey, Seth. But uh, there's, there's very little chance he's going to comment on our show. He doesn't really comment on his He own listens. Stuff. He gets half his ideas. I know. I know. Between... Well, we've got Arnold Schwarzenegger listening to my other podcast in our imagination. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Joel and I often have a big shout out to Arnie uh, because Joel does a good impression of him. 
I was in his city last week. You were, and I want to. I mean, it seems like you bumped into just about every possible famous person or superstar. Oh, I'd be yes. interested to know, and I'm sure our listener would. What did? What were you up to? You were at some kind of conference. Are they interested? Were you dressing up as Mickey Mouse or something? Oh, well, as long as we can pull something back, some kind of business learning from this navel gazing. Well, okay, it'll just, just on on that to make it relevant. Yeah, I've also been away since we recorded. I've been to the US at least once, maybe twice, and I've been to the Philippines. And what the, the, the and and today I was speaking to someone from my old world, from the old car industry, and it's just so apparent that we're in a time and an age where you can build a business that is location independent. So you were still able to travel and I imagine that you were on your marketing sojourn in some way and you'll tie it back into a monetized fashion. Correct, correct. I, I, I'm not as – I wouldn't be as a disciplined traveler as you. You'd be getting there. You'd arrive. You'd get out the MacBook. You'd Skype. You'd email. But I kind of get there. The first thing I did was hire a car and drove to Six Flags Magic Mountain and rode 19 roller coasters for nine hours. No, we're, we're much more similar now, Timbo. Cool. Like, cool. if there's one thing to summarize this sort of phase of my year, I'm really simplifying and I'm building a lot more lifestyle in and I'm having a lot more purpose with the things that I'm doing. And it really mm-hmm. started from December when I started having the – I took Sundays off and then I sort of graduated to Saturdays and Sundays. And now when I travel, I generally don't schedule anything for the time that I'm away so that I can mm. really focus on adjusting to the locale and mm. doing whatever I'm there for, if it's a convention or if it's a, if I'm sightseeing or whatever, I want to be able to, to not be dependent on that. So a lot of that has come from building better frameworks and leveraging my, my team resources better. I've palmed off a lot of things that I used to do myself and I'm continually doing that, making a note of what am I actually doing and then saying, well, why do I have to do this? Why am I the only person that can do this? So getting back to your situation, mm. uh, if you and I went somewhere together, I reckon we'd both be able to hop in the car, go to the roller coaster. Hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. So what, what was the highlight of your trip? Uh, probably the roller coasters. <laughs> well, look, here, here's the thing. I went to um, – I've, since our last episode, I've been to a few places, but let's focus on last week because that was LA. I spoke at a conference at Disneyland, well, actually at the Disneyland Convention Center, which was a bit of a wacky place full of um, lots of Americans with prams and screaming children. So that concept of the happiest place on earth, I question that because I went across to Disneyland and, again, more prams and more screaming children. So um, spoke at a conference there, uh, which was great. Um had uh, I can't tell you the learning, and I need to say this without it sounding egotistical. But there was a couple of there were a couple of American speakers. There. I was the only Australian speaker at this three day conference. Right, oh, actually, there was one other, but she's living in New York. I thought, gosh, I'll hear from these American marketers and social media people and kind of see where it's really at. You know, they'll be they'll be at the pointy end, James. And I didn't think they were. Either that or maybe I undervalued the knowledge that I have in the area of kind of modern marketing methods. But I was I was surprised at just the kind of stuff they were sharing. I'm going, yep, know that, know that, got it, got it. You know, I think we often underestimate yeah. how much we know. It's a pretty common experience with members of both of our communities. They go out to the normal public and it's like they're aliens, like speaking in another language. 
optics, yes. hosting, yeah, yeah. DNS, so, propagation. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And when we go yeah, to local yeah. meetups, it's so good to have 25 or 30 other people who can speak the same alien language as you. And <laughs> it is, it's like you're moving between different worlds. So if yeah. don't underestimate what you know, big learning. You, you know heaps. And I, I mean, I've told you, Plenty of times that you're like a superstar marketing genius, superstar. and I think even you don't believe that yet. Nah, no, certainly not. I, um, in fact, I've just added a slide to my keynote, which is all about mm, kind of questioning. Really, could you do that? You know, lack of self belief type stuff. I, I, it's kind of an interesting part. I'm learning to kind of um, involve the audience more, and it's a question that they would never ask but the one that I want to kind of bring to the fore, which is, you know, who am I to be able to do that? Right. So I've got an interesting sort of take on on that that might help you with that process. And it's one thing that I used in my last uh, workshop day, my small workshop. I had about mm. 30 people and I asked them to list down their action steps. And then after that, I asked them to list down what would stop them achieving it. And then I asked them to write down how they'll get over that. So it was kind of, it was kind of building off the instant influence framework. Mm. And sometimes the reason why they mightn't be able to achieve it is that they don't have the knowledge they need, or maybe they don't believe that it's possible. And then we can work on how they would overcome that. So it's really pre doing the objections or finding out in advance yeah, what's going yeah. to happen when they go home and then fixing it on the spot. I like that. Yeah, well, feel free to swipe it. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that. I spoke at that, and there were some American speakers, and then there was um, yeah, what, the other Australian girl who's now living in New York is a lady by the name of Karen Jacobson, and I think you know who that is because I think you might have seen me post it on Facebook. But if you don't, it's she's the voice of Siri. And she's also the female Australian voice on the Tom Tom in car navigation, and uh, that was just kind of funny to hear her speak, right? Because you know she's speaking from stage. She's like, "That's Siri talking on stage." <laughs> wow! And yeah, that is surreal. And what's particularly surreal, and she's going to be on the Small Business Big Marketing Show next week and well this doesn't matter because this people could be listening to this in a year's time but she's going to be a guest on my show in a couple of weeks time she has gone and created an, she's a singer by trade that's she's just she's a cabaret singer type person well and now she's the gps girl now she's gps and she's siri and you know how in the gps on tom tom it you know that, that whole phrase recalculating when you go off course yep well she's gone and created an entire personal development keynote and workshop and book called Recalculating. Oh, wow, because I had a pretty um, big push recently on the idea of recalibration, which I'm uh -huh. sure is just the same thing. Yeah, yeah, well, it is. And it, stopping it and actually came about from uh, when I go surfing, the key that I put into my garage was stiff and it wasn't turning right and I was worried that it would snap off. I think it was the lock that was stiff. The key would have been highly erect anyway because it was metal. Yeah, that's okay. Fair enough. But then I uh, put some lubricant into the barrel Gosh. and it didn't help. It's getting a bit raunchy. Well, it turned out that the extension rod that oh. protrudes from the garage door into the hole in the cement oh, enough. didn't you have are, enough clearance. You are 
So playing games now with words. Now I had to insert a screwdriver into that hole and create an extra space so right. that the metal rod could slide into the hole properly. And yep. now it just drops in. It glides in beautifully. Oh, yes. I turn the key. It's it's smooth as silk and no risk that the key will break. And I told a story about that. And the whole point was the tiny little recalibration, it was like one millimeter of mm. change, allowed a completely different result. And we can apply this to every area of our life. So I actually did a whole blog post about this. Well, it's I reckon a bit she's like... onto something. Do you? Yeah, but so here's the point, back for our listener. The point It's a, like a pivot the point in is, the lean startup. There's something in your life right now that you could pull out and package for your audience and make yeah. it relevant for them. Are you talking to me or the listeners? I'm talking to both. I'm even talking to me. I'm, th- I'm talking in the mirror. Yeah. But because every single day yeah. I'll utilize something that happens in my life and put it into a business application to help someone. So, for example, today I went down to the coffee shop at an unusual time of 3.15, right? Mm. Uh, Because I'd surfed during lunchtime. I had a call afterwards. Feeling a little bit lethargic. No, no. I I basically i am just on a slightly different schedule now. I wake up at 6 o'clock. It was kind of like a – it was actually – it's Marianda, they call it, afternoon tea. What? Who who calls um, what Marianda? Filipinos. Ah. Afternoon tea. Mariana, I was on the hunt. Where are you? Am I talk- are you in Sydney? Or- yeah, I'm in Sydney. I'm just right. sort of, I'm just slowly morphing. Mm. What did you order? Did you order a, uh, let me guess. Well, that's the thing. I went in, there's a big sign out the front and it said breakfast and lunch all day. Huge sign. It's like 1.8 meters tall. Hmm. Big sign. I walked in. Yep. I saw on the chalkboard what I would like to order. And the lady says, oh, Dale, just letting you know that the kitchen closed at three. Oh, red rag to a bull. Did you say, do you know who I am? I'm like, oh, okay. No, no, I didn't. I just said, oh, sorry. So by all day, you you mean it closes at three? She goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, all day until three. (laughs) I'm like, why have you got a sign out the front? I walked out. I walked into the next place and asked the guy if he's serving lunch. He goes, yeah. And he he gets a menu, gives it to me. And then the boss of the shop goes, no, mate, kitchen's closed. Wow. I'm like, are you for... Like yeah, seriously, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm hungry now. Yeah, yeah. and angry. And stuck two you're, from you're two. Ha- you're hangry. Two from two, and I said to calm down a little bit and just go on, go on to the next place. But I certainly don't want to reward either of those shops with my custom no. when they're they're misleading me. Yeah. And I accept that I'm going at a weird time, but I do everything differently to the rest of the population. You know, mm. I'm counter cyclical, so I accept that I can't always have everything that I want all the time. But don't misrepresent. Yeah, yeah. Can't remember how we got onto that. but No, neither do I, but did, we, did you end up getting something? No, it's about utilizing something that happened to me today. So the, the takeaway that I could draw from that is that be very, very clear with your audience about what you can offer and what you can't offer. And don't pretend to offer something if you don't because it, it will upset people. I mean, I've, I wanted to take a picture of it and Facebook it. Oh, and by the way, like just mm-hmm. prior to that, I get the lift pulls up. There's a lady with a pram and a little kid, and I get in the lift, and the lady looks like there's something terribly wrong, and she looked like embarrassed and and red, and and I turn around, and every freaking button was oh, lit no. up on the elevator. Oh. So the little kid had pushed all the buttons, and to top it off, like the next floor down, oh. they all get out, and now 
So I have to do the the, the elevator <laughs> ride of shame with every single button, and every time the door opens, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a risk someone's going to get in, and they're going to look at Love it. who else they're going to look at, and they're going to think this idiot yeah. has pushed yeah. every button. <laughs> it was yeah. like the perfect. And, and if they had have walked in, you had, oh, a, so you had a choice. You could have blamed the kid, or you could have gone, "Hey, how funny is this? Eh? I yeah, pushed all the no buttons." There, it's just me now. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, me, yeah. The crazy guy pushing all the buttons. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I live here. How funny is that, guys? So, How funny is that, guys? So, I've, I've pushed all the buttons. Yeah, so they look, they yeah. look at me weird. Old. Oh, luckily, no one got in. But it, hey, it's a good sales. Um, there's kind of there's a bit of a sales strategy in that. Okay. Like if you're kind of stopping at every floor, you know, you got time to get your elevator pitch right. Yeah, well, I, no, I had I had a look around. I suss out the the different uh, foyer treatments. Some people have got uh, pictures on the wall in the common area and the coffee wow. tables. Uh, some people have. Um, yeah, toys mm. and stuff, and, and so here's another lesson: like there's always stuff right under your nose you've never seen because you just bypass it. But I, I basically got a little research experience of of my location here. There you go. There's there's, there's positive in everything. Yeah. There's positive in a negative. Always always lemonade from the lemons, and you're going Correct. to get them all the time. Correct. Hey Jimmy. Yeah. I checked into the hotel and so did President Obama. <laughs> right. Did you did you um get frisked visually i did i was being watched the whole time i recorded a video and one of the men in black walked in and just gave me the, he, he said don't do that it's like mate mate i'm in i'm in the foyer of the hotel of which i'm a guest and what did he say yes don't do that really yeah it was pretty cool like he we, we can they stop you yeah he stopped me we were at the staying at the beverly hills hilton and uh he did the the presidente the old presidente did check in took three floors he takes the middle floor and then the floor above and the floor below yeah. were empty. There's police and blokes in black and dogs and I don't know. Why is that? Yeah, security sandwich. Blokes on the roof. Is, is that a security sandwich? I was even told there was a guy behind the counter. One of the porters, one of the concierge, was actually a man in black, but he was dressed as a porter. It's full on. Yeah. Full on. Wow. And so how did you get this event? What's the marketing lesson? How did you get invited to speak at Disneyland? It was a conference. It was just a conference for a um, – for a financial planning company out of Australia. They have a, a biannual conference and the, this time it was at the Disneyland Convention Centre and um, and I was invited to speak there. So um, and then they did they moved to the Beverly Hills Hilton for the last night for a for an Oscars night, a gala ball, which was a lot of fun. And how do they find out about you speaking? The whole thing. This is the thing. The whole reason that I now travel the world speaking is because I started a podcast five years ago. Like there's a direct line relationship, okay? Yeah, I'm sh- sure of it. Yeah. So, you build reputation and authority. You can stick whatever you want on your banners or product pages yeah. on your site, whatever that is, whether you, whether you speak. Um, effectively, it's a service. Yeah. And uh, and or you know whether you're an affiliate or you have software as a service or whatever, I think it's just the most beautiful model. Beautiful model. Then you know I did about two years ago I got signed by a speakers bureau because I did a particularly good job on one roadshow that I did, and they said, "Hey, listen, why don't you become why don't you become exclusive with us?" And off the back of that, I did. So that that's been cool. And I kind of it's one of those things. Careful what you wish for, because I don't know whether we've had this conversation before, James. But like I had. Because I did have spinal surgery a couple of years ago, and sitting at a computer and just focusing for long periods of time now is I find more difficult. And so speaking kind of plays to my strength of a I love speaking, sharing knowledge, but b it's 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 a physical activity, you know. Um, 
that whole being on stage is, you know, you're up and about and traveling around is physical. And so, you know, more movement, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, be careful what you wish for. Well, speaking to one of my students today, uh, we did a podcast about speaking. And (laughs) funny that the main point was that in the time that I've been working with her, she's been able to stop the travel and start doing it from home in webinar format. Oh, yeah. And I think this is going to be a growing trend. If you want to put on the the forward filter, I'm looking at what's happening in the marketplace and here's what's big. Podcasts are still stronger than ever. Ever. Getting bigger, more competitive. Yeah, and I just released a a new one and it, it, it just went gangbusters. So I've got a lot of validation that podcasting is good. I believe that uh, webinars are, are very, very strong right now. They've been happening forever, but they're just coming to the fore because some of the better practitioners who haven't made it a big public deal about it are getting exposed. Mm-hmm. And uh, for example, I recently published a whole session from my event on how to run proper webinars. And that has had a lot of reaction and you just couple a traffic source in front of that. You stick a podcast or some Facebook ads or an email list or some joint ventures driving people to your webinar. And then you do probably what you're doing. You do some kind of a consult to or a decision-making process to decide what thing someone's buying and then they order. And now in my case, where I've really specialized is creating recurring income streams in your case, you're doing the keynote speaking and a little bit of recurring income stream. Mm-hmm. And our listeners could be selling anything from car parts to funerals, <laughs> literally mm. anything. Buy a funeral. <laughs> I want to interview an undertaker. Well, I know one. Really want to interview an undertaker. Yeah, I'll hook you up with Robin Heppel. Who's that? The funeral futurist. What's a funeral futurist? He is a marketing expert for funeral homes. No. He, he was a funeral dude. Ha! <laughs> There's a niche. I'm sure he'd love to come on this show. That's hilarious. The funeral futurist. And he's literally providing <laughs> marketing advice to funeral homes. Yeah, man, there's, there's niches that are just hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was on someone else's podcast this morning and he said, look, this works for anyone except for, you know, maybe a, if you're selling software to the NSA. And I said, well, actually, <laughs> one of my customers <laughs> sells things to the NSA and I've helped him do the domestic market version of his product that he's been selling uh, to military applications. He's now selling it to hobbyists, let's say. It's a very, very popular <laughs> device that does some pretty cool stuff that we won't talk about. Right. But, you know, it's just really fascinating how broad this model can w- work for. Boy, oh boy, is it ever. I do love a niche. I love it when I come across an unusual niche like that. Well, you've, I think you've probably got the most eclectic interview of weird niche podcasts in the world. Which one? Oh, like overall. Well, yeah, you've got the guy with the Titanic yeah, submarine. Yeah. You've got the GPS girl coming on board. <laughs> you've, you've, you've got bakers. Uh, you probably have candlestick makers too. I've, I've got a guy. I won't say who it is yet, but as uh, A-list TV personality of the past in Australia who is no longer – uh, a celebrity, well, he kind of is, but he's no longer on TV, and he's um, entered real estate. And I think that's really, it's not cool, but I admire. No, I was sick in the poor soul. Well, I, well. Depends, that, it depends in how, how I, I, big hello to all your real estate agents out there, but I, it yeah, does hello. seem to have a negative connotation for me. 
Uh, it does, but I admire and the reason I'm getting him on the Small Business Big Marketing Show is because I admire his is it is humility what's the word? Humility. He's dropped his pride. He said, you know what? My TV days are over. I've got to make a coin. It's like a sports star has to has yeah. to you know go off the field and maybe be a commentator or something. Yeah. I really admire that. No, um, I, I do. In all seriousness, I think the ability to master change is probably the most important skill for anyone to develop. Mm. And, you know, real estate or car sales or whatever, if you're out there and you're not uh, taking benefits and uh, and you're, you're giving it a shot, good luck. Yeah, I agree. Change is scary for most. And t- and TV, TV stardom is fleeting, isn't it? Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you were in a I wasn't film. a film. I was like, Weird. like it was about like a film little with micro blip on my uh, life spectrum. But it, it, it was such a, a yeah. very interesting insight into the behind the scenes and uh i don't think either of us are in a position to talk about tv fame and i think your little fleeting film moment was exactly that it was but i was watching a movie the other day about uh, the behind the scenes with hollywood actors and oh, yeah. about some ex-child child actor representing other people and it was um it's like it's just hardcore. It's it's Hollywood is a special place. Now, who else did you bump into apart from Obama? Anyone? Did you bump into anyone famous? Yep. Who? I was shopping at the Ralph Lauren store on Rodeo Drive, and so was Jennifer Aniston. I was very excited by that. That was more exciting than staying in the same pub as Obama. And, and did you have any exchange? Oh, I caught her looking at me. Well, she's only human, Timbo. She's only human. It was probably because I was staring at her <laughs> and that was more of a look of, can you stop staring at me or I'll call the police? You know what they're like. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. And did she stop staring at you? She bought a white dress and hopped into a black Range Rover and whisked herself away, which I've discovered because I was interested to wonder who I, you know, who am I going to see being the star spotter that I am. And I um, – I got talking to the bloke in one of the other stores, one of the shop attendants in Rodeo Drive, and like, who do you see? Who comes in? And he said, mate, I won't try and do the American accent, but he said like. <laughs> that was the least American accent I've ever heard. I think, what's this Aussie guy doing? Yeah, I know. He's like, yeah, mate, mate, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, well, he was, he was gay, so I could do the gay accent, but I couldn't do the gay American accent. So it was like, <laughs> seriously, like the A-listers, they don't come in. They just send their stylists in, right? Yep. So you had low expectations. Yeah, yeah. He's like, they don't come in. He said, the fact that you saw Jennifer Aniston, real lucky that she was doing some shopping on her, you know, for herself. Normally they just send their stylists in. So, but that was kind of cool. Hey, uh, by the way, headline for this episode, the ADD episode. We're going from okay. pillar to pillar here. Do you think it's too many pillars? Oh, no. It is what it is, Jimmy. You were giving I, us some – um, I'll take what we can get, my take, friend. Yeah, correct, correct. <laughs> you were giving us some insights into um, things that are hot right now. I agree, podcasts, early days, mate, early, early days. Webinars, I just wanted to say on that webinar thing before you give us number three is webinars have uh, got a bit of a dirty flavour about them because so many people have used them to – just uh, as sales sales channels to say, oh, yeah, come on and, you know, I'll give you 30 minutes of gold but then you're going to have to listen to me. You don't have to. You can hang up but then I'm going to give you 60 minutes of pitch. So I think often webinars have lost their value. That said, I sold a webinar last year. I had 50 people on. I think they paid 
can't remember what it was, 80 bucks or something, 79 bucks. So kind of prove that they can be a revenue channel. But I hope they do come back because they've been around a long time. And as, as, as a marketing channel, as a way of communicating and sharing and teaching, I reckon they're gold. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the way that I use them mostly is for content delivery. Mm. And it's fair to say that I, I'll probably bring in about six figures a month from just content webinars, just only to paid people. Oh, okay, yeah. To, so within your silver circle, you use webinars to then deliver content. Yeah, I meet yeah, with yeah. my members every week and yeah. in super fast business every month. Pretty amazing technology, isn't it? It is amazing technology. Like the, I could just click a button on my computer and have a thousand people watching whatever I'm doing is great. And, and this seed of this idea for me came from uh, the first underground that I went to, number four, and they've done number 10 now. I spoke at number 10. Mm. And this guy, Hubert, and his mate were doing stockbroking. That's a funny name because yeah. as an Australian, I wouldn't know whether to lengthen or shorten that name. Would I go Huberto? Yeah, well, I suppose he'd be like Bert. Bert? Yeah, I guess or so. Or Hugh or Hub. No. Nah. <laughs> Bert? <laughs> Hub! His name's, his name's Hubert Centers oh, with wow, an he's S. Got, he's, got a, he's got a verb for a surname. That's just really, really cool guy, but very clever guy. He was a stockbroker. Hmm. And he he was making a lot of money stockbroking, millions. And what they did, and they actually turned the video off for this section. It was so important. In they camera? Said, it was in camera? It was an, it, Basically, they turned the cameras off hmm. and he said, what we did is we charged people to just turn up and watch us trade live every day. And they doubled their sales or something like that. I think they went from $4 million to $10 million or something in revenue hmm. just by charging admission for people just to sit over their shoulder and they and they literally like have a lunch break they're like all right well we'll see you in an hour <laughs> and they would they were and i went home and just like i just webinared off my face from then i've had a go-to webinar account for six maybe seven years webinared off my face yeah okay. like i do I've, i run webinars every week and i have done for years but still if you go and speak to the average person out in business land, only sort of managers and et cetera will know what a go-to meeting or a webinar mm. is as they've cut down on airline budgets and they want to do virtual meetings. But man on the street, the normal sort of on the corner person is not really that au fait with it. It's still got a long way to go. Mm, I agree with that. What's, what's another thing that you think is hot? Facebook ads. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Facebook. It's just, it's just huge. Facebook ads, it's like everywhere you turn. Facebook ads, Facebook ads, Facebook ads. So that's how. Facebook sucks, though. Well, I got to say, you do a great job of it. I, I found your. I mean, I knew you were away because I was watching your Facebook updates when I logged mm. on for my like three minutes a day Facebook fix, <laughs> if I remember. <laughs> I actually mm. spend like less than an hour and a half a week on Facebook. Just think it's just, they're I, just limiting what we're seeing it's like and, and I, I don't get it i honestly don't get the algorithm anymore because i can log onto my facebook and the first update i see is one from like 24 hours ago and it's not because i haven't refreshed like i'll do i'll hit new stories and then i'll and then i'm seeing stuff there'll be like there's one guy who just just is in my feed the whole time you can unsubscribe from him yeah i know but and i and i can do that but i don't know facebook come on I reckon you're losing the plot a bit. You're becoming less relevant. It's all – you know what? It's like, you know, when you kind of hit that point of like we are now so big, we're just going to rape and pillage with advertising in Facebook's yeah. case. 
And I know Facebook ads work, and they've just launched this week, haven't they announced videos? They're going to have Facebook video ads and I don't know, mate. Anyway, that's my rant about Facebook. You know I've had a love-hate relationship with social media for a long time and find it. If, 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 you know what I'd love? I'm digressing here, but hey, welcome to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to just give up social media. Oh, because I just haven't quite got the bottle. But I thought you actually, you're like Zuckerberg loves you, bro. You're putting great content up there for him, making him rich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I'm not. I'm not doing that so much. Oh, I just up. want to put on my own site. Yeah, you kind of. Um... I go to Facebook to bring people back to my site. Yeah. What were you going to say about Facebook? So, fa- having just just kind of smashed Facebook's. As a content provider, <laughs> you're on fire, man. You've, you, you've smashed America. Yep. You've smashed Facebook. Yep. And uh, and I'm. Uh, <laughs> this I'll is great. Smash something else before we finish. But so, despite the fact that Facebook as a content platform, I think is losing the plot. Facebook ads are doing okay, and I must say, I've seen that for my business, and you're seeing the same. Yeah, I'm not a heavy user since I got banned from Facebook and banned from Google AdWords and. <laughs> Recently got banned from Amazon's affiliate program. I'm just basically, I've learned so many times not to worry too much about being dependent on someone else because eventually they'll ban you. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I've done anything that I yep. could put my finger on. Like I was had an agent running my ads. I had no idea what I did wrong. There's been no recourse. You, you end up just getting switched off with this super arrogance. Yeah, but. Um, Good news is I've. It is, isn't it? Super arrogance. So if someone's listening to this and then they go, but I saw an ad. Yeah, I set up another account. Okay, so it's our little secret. It's just between you, me, and Timbo. So me and so uh, basically, uh, it is very effective. You can super target. You can bring people to wherever you want, and that that's hot because everyone is on Facebook. Most people on Facebook they spend hours on there. I know people who spend twelve hours a week on Facebook. Yeah, because I've had all my students and all my yeah. managers in, install Rescue Time, so that they can just get a reality check on their own. Yeah, right. Uh, capacity. Huh. And it's it's very revealing. Every week, it just automatically sends you a report, and it says, "Here's where." You, and now it's always email. Email's number one mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. time. And then after that, it's like, "Oh dear, oh really? That much Facebook? Uh huh." Uh-huh. Rem- remind me not to install Rescue Time. I don't think I want that reality check. Timbo, you should install Rescue Time. Oh, I thought I said not to remind me. <laughs> I was just getting in there while it's not <laughs> too late because it's it comes back to what we were talking about a few episodes ago. The, the more truthful you want to be with yourself, the more results you'll get from your business. Oh, so you've kind of got to fade. You've got to look in the mirror every now and then. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, it just sends you a little thing. And, and here's how I use it. I make sure I'm not working too many hours a week. If if it sends me a high work work hour week, then I'm I feel like I haven't been very effective because I'm I've got to fix my procedures or fix my frameworks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know if you're going to spend too long at the computer, you're going to become dull, ineffective, jaded. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll be less polite with people. I'd rather be fresh and keep my time to specific purposeful sessions. And I, I really aim for a 25-hour work week. Uh, in the past, it's been significantly higher than that. But I think that that's enough time to, to have a life, to do some other things in your day. And, to, and, and this is pretty much like a five to a six-day work week. When I met you, Jimmy, a few years ago, you were working your ring off. 
I was working very hard, uh, too hard, too much, and I'm a reformed man now. I'm a surfer, and funnily enough, I'm still able to run the business more profitably and enjoy things like reading and and watching movies and stuff that I used to feel – I used to always be drawn to the computer, but now I've I've let go of that need to do that. <laughs> you are a change, man. I told you I'm more like that. <laughs> God help you. God help you. <laughs> hey, um, where are we at? 40 minutes. I'm going to wrap things up. There's enough jibber-jabber. Yeah, enough. There's enough things that people need to get their head around. At the very least, it's been just wonderful to catch up and see what you're up to. And Did you record any of this? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with it? I'm going to publish it. <laughs> I'm going to publish it, our May episode. In the form of a podcast? Yeah, we'll podcast it. Podcast it. Whack it out there so people can listen to it on their pods. I'll tell you why. Just Did you have something to say about our homepage? Yeah, cool homepage. I hadn't been to the website of freedomocean.com. For- <laughs> you hadn't been to our own website <laughs> so long. You got the uh, the first-time visitor cookie. It's pretty sweet. It's got a gif of um, James's backyard or front yard on it. So go and check that out. I won't say any more. And um, – then it says basically, give us your email, or we'll come and get you. That's what it says. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. and you can't skip the page. You can skip. Yeah, no, you can't. Well, no, you can, but you shouldn't. Is that what you're saying? No, if you hit the skip this page, what it does, it takes it takes us to your bank account. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's what it does. I know. Hey, that's that's called internet marketing. Mastery. Extraordinaire. Hey, uh. Just to finish on a Hollywood note, really just to talk about a film that I've watched three times in the last three weeks, don't watch this on a plane because you laugh out loud and people around you get the shits. How funny is Anchorman 2? Yeah, it's okay. Oh, okay. He's a genius, Will Ferrell. Yeah, I'm always intrigued on the aeroplane when people are watching movies that have nudity in it. Oh, it's weird, isn't it? I was... Yeah. And I see them sink a bit low and the, I think like they're, they're sitting next to people. It's, it's, it's not weird. the sort of thing... It's weird. That It's just weird. Yeah, because you're thinking... It? Oh, it's not just me, right? No, it's not. And I got busted a couple of weeks ago. I was watching Little Britain, uh, that, you, that BBC thing. <laughs> yes. And there's one of the skits with Bubbles and some other. They, they, they get dressed up in those really big, fat, uh, nude fat outfits. If that Does that make sense? Yeah. So basically yeah, they're like in these a, costumes, a listeners, fat where fat suits, but they're nude, nude women. And I, I just laugh out loud when I watch Little Britain. And, um, and then the cabin crew guy just comes to serve me my, you know, half-warm, blueberry muffin and um there it is there's the two of them in these nude fat suits and uh i just felt weird i felt dirty i felt as though i shouldn't be there and that i just was a naughty boy i it was like it was like my you know dad had found my playboy stash when i was 24 right late late developer so yeah, I watch a, I watch quite a lot of movies, and I I run a little movie rating system inside one of my memberships. Right. Yeah, like I give it a, a score out of ten and a commentary. Can you ask them what they think of Anchorman too? Because clearly you didn't rate it, whereas I just rate it really highly. And Steve Carell, I reckon, is almost as good as Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I made myself laugh. <laughs> 
Well, no, I, I, well, I did put a, I did put a rating in there, but it's buried in the. Right. It was a long well, time something. ago since I watched that one. What? It's, it's an old, old one. Here's my claim to fame. I've seen every single film on the Qantas airplane, uh, latest movies and documentaries. And oh, yeah, you're exhausted. There's actually not as many. I mean, that's pretty. You've made you've travelled a lot, but there's actually not as many as you think. I'm surprised. Yes, it's true. Uh, it's not that many. And you have you seen? Now we are. We're just buying time here. Most listeners have turned off anyway, Jimmy. Yeah. But I got to laugh. Have you seen the? Do- you would have then seen the documentary. Do you know which one I'm going to say? Blackfish. Nah. Is that one about Twitter? Nah. That's boring. Henry Ford? Nah. This one's kind of weird and uh, wonderful. The man with the world's giants, the world's giants testicles. The man with the world's biggest testicles. Yeah, I have. That's really unfortunate. That guy's. It's unfortunate physical. and sad, but he's a good guy. So, so often, so many, so many times. Oh, I came out of the surf uh, yesterday, <laughs> and I walked up the the steps. Yeah, and there was a. I'm not sure the appropriate word to call these people, but they're not very tall. Right. Yeah. Yes. Um. A midget. Mid, is a it dwarf. midget or a little a dwarf. person? I, okay, I get confused, but anyway. Yeah. He's he had a huge smile on his face, and he he's, he goes. The waves look a bit small in there, and I, I'm like, "Yeah, they're a bit small." There, yes, I bet it's warm. And I'm like, and, and my first thought was, you know what, big personality, big personality. Quite often, someone with a physical difference, right, is going to be really big on the personality yeah. or the character because that's how they, the society is probably mean to them. Well, what I can say, and it is an unfortunate condition which he had uh, fixed. But the man with the world's biggest testicles is actually a really good bloke, and uh, I wish him all the best. Yeah. And good on him for putting himself on that documentary because he didn't certainly didn't have to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's well, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe it paid for his medical expenses. I don't know, Jimmy. We are waffling. Yeah, we're out. Uh, we're, out we're over. We better get off. We'll quit while we're behind. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and um, as comedians, I think we're great marketers. I think we'll leave it there, buddy. Uh, this has been freedomotion.com, and uh, we will be back sometime in the future. See ya. See ya. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) 